Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Unencumbered by political correctness, undeterred in her mission to spread the truth, unafraid to be a true conservative, she's unapologetic, uncompromising, unwavering, and an undeniably powerful voice when we need it most. This is Rose Unplugged. Well, the holidays are right around the corner, and that means one thing, shopping, my favorite thing to do. And it's very easy to do if you go to MyPillow.com because they've got just about everything. The Giza sheets, I love them. They feel as comfortable and wonderful as they did when I first bought them. And your dog deserves something too, right? I have the dog beds for Tucker. I've got the pillows. The slippers are my favorite, not just for myself, but I give them as gifts. People love those. There are so many items at MyPillow.com. If you haven't checked it out, do so now. MyPillow.com, but please, if you order anything, you'll get a better discount if you use promo code ROSE. MyPillow.com, promo code ROSE. Joining me today is founder of Climate Depot, Mark Morano, and he has calling in live from Dubai. And and Mark, I understand that this is probably the largest conference ever. Is that correct? Yes, yeah, so apparently it's more than double last year's and it's the largest they've ever held in the uh, since these conferences began in the mid-1990s. Of course, I guess they really kicked off with the 1992 Rio Earth Summit. There's over 100,000 registered delegates and participants here at this conference. It is packed. I think that's partially because of the city they chose. It's it's um, Dubai, and it's the most westernized, wealthy city you could ever conceive of, dubbed the Las Vegas of the Middle East. The highways are full of Mercedes and BMWs and Lexus, SUVs, gas guzzlers. There's none of the Euro weenie car eco boxes you see when you travel throughout Germany and France and England. This is a this is a westernized place with the most unbelievable amenities. And so if that drew the delegates. And the other issue, the reason I think this is one of the most packed U.N. summits is because they now know their agenda is accelerating and they can bypass democracy. They've got corporate government collusion and they have a situation now since March of 2020 where their wish is their command. And that's why we had John Kerry this week literally announce that the end of coal was here and he's just decreed as an unelected climate bureaucrat as part of the Biden administration. He is going to end coal production and no more coal plants. Uh, I mean, in the West. Now, obviously, he did not address China. China's laughing at us as we shut down. But that's what's going on here. They know now that they don't need to go back home, persuade people. They don't need to have world leaders sign a treaty. This is just all agreed to behind the scenes. The same way, if you remember, Rose, the gas-powered cars were 
statutorily banned all yes. over the country through the EPA, through they, without a single vote of Congress. You remember switchboards on Capitol Hill lighting up? You remember congressional hearings on should we ban the gas-powered car? No, it just happened. And that's what they recognize here. And that's why there's this enthusiasm, excitement, and acceleration uh, of this whole U.N. agenda. They are excited. And I got to tell you, most Americans are sound asleep at this whole of what's happening over here. And that's that is a shame. It really is. And that's why we appreciate what you do, bringing us the information. One of the things that um, you know, this is no longer a concept then. Right. We can put that aside. That's over. Yeah, it's happening. Here's what I tell people. Oh, climate lockdown. The BBC says you're a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> oh, really? Well, let's see. France has actually started climate lockdowns. They've banned flights of under two and a half hours. Yes. It's real. It's here. It's happening. It's not something theoretical could might may happen. I'm not basing this on anonymous sources or secret documents. They're very open with what they're talking about. They had a petition here from 100 uh, from a delegate urging the end of natural gas or heavy restrictions of natural gas in targeting the United States. That's only one thing. The second thing they're doing, they have a new UN IPCC, or I'm sorry, UN Climate Summit guidance going, and again, focusing on America, 90% meat reduction guidance for Americans. Our meat eating consumption is oversized according to the world population. So they want to do And the Biden administration is all in on this. Now, people will say, well, I'll never vote for that. You won't have to vote on it. What's going to happen is giant agribusiness will collude yes. with things like the World Economic Forum, World Health, United Nations, and they're going to end up just like the, just like the gas-powered car. Oh, I'm not giving up my gas-powered car. Oh, well, guess what? Corporate banks have announced they're not going to give out car loans if you buy a gas-powered car. So you won't be able to get a car loan. Oh, and guess what? Even if you still have a gas-powered car, they're going to have cities already banning the creation of new gas stations. They're creating gas station shortages intentionally, as well as car shortages, as well as food shortages. They're going after methane at this. And you say, oh, I'm not giving up my burger because they're going after unelected bureaucrats and regulations globally on the release of methane on farms, and they're going after it and all natural gas. So they're going after not only carbon dioxide, but methane, and this is just happening with unbelievable, perfect coordination between the public and private sector with a complete bypass of any democratic process. In other words, the Canadian parliament isn't voting on any of this. The Australian uh, parliament isn't voting. The U.S. Congress isn't voting on it. It's just happening, and we're just, oh, what's going on? Why am I suddenly, why does my drink have a paper straw that dissolves in the water? Do we <laughs> vote for that? No, but you don't have to vote for it. It's what they have, this is how they operate now. You talked about farming, and, you know, in the Netherlands, because we keep looking at this, and you and I talked about this before, and things have actually changed even since the last time we talked, but they are considered the best farmers in the world, and their second highest yes. global exporter of these agricultural products, right? And they have been hit with one environmental rule after another. It's all been imposed on them by their government that's sucked up to and is doing the bidding of, of those diktats out there. And so then the state demanded a, a reduction. A, they wanted a significant reduction in nitrogen. So, of course, we know that's found in manure. And the farmers finally got really, really mad. And so there's the new Dutch farmers movement, the BBB, and they've had some success, but when you talk, I was reading an article in europeanconservative.com, one of the journalists talked to a man there, and the man said, please, 
Please write about what's happening here. Farmers are fast disappearing. And as I said, they are one of, they're the second highest global exporter. That's pretty sad what's happening there, but it's going to happen everywhere. It's an amazing story because what happened in the Netherlands, it's, it's, they went after 10,000 plus small family run independent farms with the climate compliance regulations from the net zero from the UN Paris Agreement. These were signed by their leaders. By the way, Rood. Uh, is Prime Minister Wood is a as uh, a student, if you will, of the World Economic Forum, part of the Young Leaders Program. So he mm-hmm. was handpicked by Klaus Schwab to run them. It got into their courts because he, he had signed on to all this net zero crap from the United Nations. They were ordered as a compliance mechanism that the farms had to be shut down or farms that couldn't comply. Well, guess what? It was only the small family-run generational farms that couldn't comply. The big corporate agribusiness and billionaire-owned they had no problem absorbing the cost. So the farmers, as you mentioned, formed their own political party. They're now fighting for their political survival. They did delay it, so they're, they're fighting, and yeah. this is a, a success story. But that same mentality has now talked to people in Australia. Yes. Uh, they're decimating Australian farms under the same policy, Canadian farms. And guess what old John Kerry, $17 million budget as the unelected uh, UN, U.S. climate envoy, he has announced that U.S. agriculture has to, is now in his targets and the targets of the U.N. and they have to comply with net zero. So they're coming after our fertilizer. They're coming after our methane and our animal livestock. Bill Gates, helpfully, has announced the end of needing even actual farms anymore. He wants the entire Western world. He told MIT Technology Review, we should be eating synthetic meat. And he and Richard Branson investing billions in lab-grown meat, grown in a petri dish from stem cells from cow, sheep, chap, cow, sheep, and pig mixed with fetal blood in a steel vat, fester for a few months with no bones, no uh, brains, no eyes, and then you end up printing it on a 3D printer with additives, texture, and that's going to be the meat. So you need now laboratories to grow meat, not oh farms. And that is what this conference is about. I'm ready to throw up just hearing that description of the meat, so-called meat. But here's the thing I don't <laughs> get. We're, by the way, we're talking to Mark Morano, a founder of Climate Depot. He is at the UNCOP, the COP28 Climate Summit, live from Dubai. But let's talk about just for a moment, because I knew it was time for another climate summit when I started seeing all the hypocrites jump in their gas guzzling (laughs) private jets, for God's sake. So I knew it was time. But when you talk about hypocrites like John Kerry, who did jump into his own private jet, and you bring up Bill Gates, isn't Bill Gates one of the, doesn't he own so much farmland in this country? And why? Why, if we are no longer, or is that farmland for he and John Kerry and the other elitist? Yeah, well, Bill Gates, according to NBC News, is America's largest single farmland owner. Now, there was worry over a Chinese land, yes. agricultural land monopoly ownership. But guess what? A homegrown American beat out China. I'm not <laughs> sure that's a good thing. I, one case where I actually would have rooted for China. <laughs> but guess who else is up there with Bill Gates, though? It's Jeff Bezos from Amazon and owns the Washington Post. He's a massive American farmland owner. So why do these billionaires yes. want to own farmland? Well, guess what happened this year, Rose? The United, the federal, the FDA, Food and Drug Administration has approved for the first time lab-grown meat for human consumption. Gee, do you think the number one farmland owner and billionaire and the man behind the World Health Organization and COVID lockdowns and vaccine mandates also involved in research of billions of dollars to Harvard University to block out the sun and geoengineer the climate? Bill Gates had an influential has influence in the government. 
So the reason he wants to own this farmland, if you ask him, he'll say, oh, these are just my investments, and I had no intention of being that, that, that. That's just people who make my investments, buy up these properties. NBC News reported the farmers who uh, the Bill Gates is buying up, he's not, the, he's not a farmer. He's not plowing the land. He's the landlord here. So you have actual situation where farmers who can't afford to farm anymore because of all these regulations, net zero, have to put their farms in sale. Bill Gates conglomerate comes in, buys them up, and guess what? This is the heart, the big heart that Bill Gates has. They don't have to leave their farms. Bill Gates will let them stay. They can still work the land, but they no longer own it. Does that sound something, Mel? Well, let's see, about 1,500. I think it was called hmm, uh, feudalism. Uh, and by the way, <laughs> that's the year 1,500. Let's fast forward to the modern day. What is the slogan of the World Economic Forum? You will own nothing and be happy. Yes. But wait a minute. If you don't own it, doesn't mean no one will own it. Mm. It means you won't own it. Billionaire corporations and billionaire uh, entities will own your land, and you will rent. And we've been through this in history. And both the entire history of civilization has been one of the ruling class elites finding up and coming up with reasons why the rest of us can't be free, whether that's terrorism fears, war fears, virus fears, and now, of course, climate fears. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Oh, but, but come on now, Mark. Now, Bill Gates, so Bill Gates and the other hypocrites he hangs out with, they aren't going to eat synthetic meat, right? It's a good question. We, I can tell you this. They have meat here at this conference. And <laughs> when you say that, the, the World Economic Forum in Davos had their conference. They had all these receptions, and a, lot, and a couple of conservative journalists got in. They registered under the radar, and they reported all sorts of meats at the receptions. So, no, they're not eating the insects. Uh, and by the way, that's a huge part of this whole thing. I mean, oh the, Europe has approved insect consumption, the United States, Italy, Georgia Maloney, the prime minister of Italy is the one standing against. She said Italian pasta will not be made from bugs. So you got to give her credit Thank in you. Italy. Grazie uh, the lone voice in Europe standing up. God bless her. <laughs> well, okay, so let's make sure I haven't missed anything. We're talking about energy rationing, blackouts. Of course, this is going to cause a disruption to our economic system, right? And, and, and But this is all their plan. This is, to what end? Is it really just about control, Mark? Is that what it really, really is? Yes. I mean, the idea of rationing energy, rationing food, rationing transportation to limit your freedom of movement, and then, of course, collapsing economic growth and prosperity, 
is you make people dependent on the government. Think of how great COVID was. It collapsed global economy, greatest transfer of wealth. What I mean how great it was for this ruling class. They got to then expand this idea of universal basic income. Keep your eye on that because ultimately they want to get rid of the middle class. They're in the process of crushing it globally. And they're going to get everyone on a minimum, global, a guaranteed minimum income, universal basic income. And that's how they get you. So you're going to have an uber wealthy ruling class. And then you're going to have everyone else with a crushed middle class. And you're going to have uh, the poor and those reliant heavily on government. When you rely on government, you rely on the leaders who are in charge and you better stay in good standing with them or they could monkey with your universal basic income and minimum income. So this is about arrogance. It's about an ideology. They think they're saving us. Now, I'm going to be, this is the positive view. Okay? I'm going to praise them. I'm not going to praise them, but. I don't believe well, that. I don't think they. Think let me tell you. Like, I think well, they I, hate I, us. I'm sorry. No, no not, not necessarily. Yes, yes, yes. You're absolutely. I'm, I'm trying to give you the. Let me tell you, yes, when you talk about people like Klaus Schwab, John Kerry, but let me tell you the philosophy that they sell and that some people actually buy into, that we are unwashed masses. If left to our own devices, mm. we will create great harm, mass death, we'll create virus outbreaks, we'll create a climate catastrophe, environmental destruction, we'll create racism and ethnic hatred, that we need to be managed. So they look at it as their sort of military generals, and we're just little grunts, right? We're privates in the Army. And if we question them, that's why they, you know, you're private, they always tell you in the Army, yours is not to question why, yours is to do, yours is but to do and die. So, like, when they were told you're going to have to lock down, wear masks, and a vaccine, if you challenged it, you'd be deplatformed, canceled, censored. You'd be told to shut up. You'd be told you're not an expert, that they're listening to the science. Same concept. They now believe, and I'm saying some of them believe it, particularly the mid-level bureaucrats implementing this at the U.N., World Economic Forum. These are true believers. They go to bed at night thinking they're saving humanity. And I'm making this point seriously because you have to understand what they're thinking. They're thinking they saved millions of lives in COVID because we had tyrannical lockdowns and mandates. They're thinking they're saving millions of lives with the climate because they're going to start shutting down economies and pushing degrowth, and they're going to limit travel, and they're going to limit meat, and they're doing all this to save us the mass slaughter of humans due to climate change. There's a certain element in this whole movement that actually believes it, and that's what I, I need to get that across because people just think it's all about power and money, and it is to a large extent. But is, that's the way this, this is being sold, particularly even young people. Young people are told we have to go full Marxist and government tyranny yes. in order to save our civilization because we've ruined it. So you really do. That's a big component. I don't think enough conservatives talk about what I just talked about. No, I think that is a good point because I think even for me, I, I've often looked at it as just basically control and nothing else. So I, I appreciate you explaining it that way. By the way, I, this is going on for almost two weeks, which means a lot of damage and control can be uh, strategized <laughs> over in two weeks. Why is it called COP28? What does that? That's the weirdest freaking name. I, what is that? Uh, oh, it's a stupid. It's a, it's internal bureaucratic name. It's Conference of Parties. Mm-hmm. Which means when they set this up, remember, we're only in this mess because of a Republican named George H.W. Bush, who in the waning days of the 1992 campaign, when he was clearly losing to Bill Clinton, uh, desperately pandered to the establishment and the mainstream media by heading off to Rio de Janeiro to start 
and signed the the UN Earth Summit Treaty, which included Agenda 21 and the whole sustainable development, which is another way of saying it included Soviet-style controls of every aspect of our lives. We can thank a Republican president. And with that summit in 1992, the Earth Summit in Rio, that the Republican president went to, they started up this whole UN climate conference, and this became the conference of the parties, and this is the 28th year that they've been doing that. Okay. I guess it started two years after two years after Rio or something like that. So that's all that means, COP28. Hey, Mark, real quick, are there countries that are going to benefit from all of this more than other countries? We know the third world countries are really like they're, you know what, out of luck, okay? Good question. Uh, well, first of all, the developing world. Kamala Harris came here. And pledged, we only gave like 100, and I don't know, I can't remember, if like maybe 17 million or some low number to this UN, relatively, to the UN Climate Fund. Camilla Harris came here and pledged $3 billion from the Biden administration, U.S. taxpayer money, to the UN Climate Fund. What is the UN Climate Fund? This is $3 billion from the United States, just to start, to go to the pay third world countries or least to pay their dictatorial leaders. To, who are, and pay the leaders who are best able to keep their citizens locked in poverty. This is what American taxpayers are financing. In other words, if you're a leader in Africa or South America and you have horrible economic policies, degrowth, socialists, you're Marxist, your co- country is mired in high infant mortality, short life expectancy, weak economic growth, then poverty, you're going to get a lot of climate cash. Why? Because you're doing it right by the climate. The climate loves you because you're not boosting economic growth and prosperity. So the U.N. is going to be paying corrupt third-world leaders to keep their citizens locked in poverty. Now, in terms of who benefits, it's very simple who benefits. The countries who are laughing, I'm going to say, laughing their asses off at us. And those countries are going to include where I am, United Arab Emirates, Saudi Arabia, Middle East, Iraq, Iran, uh, Venezuela, China, Russia. They're laughing their ass off because we are shooting ourselves not only in the foot, we're shooting ourselves in the groin, we're shooting ourselves in the gut, we're shooting ourselves in the heart, and we're slitting our own throat by doing this. All of this means is we're going to be more dependent on hostile regimes as we shut down our own domestic energy. Dear God. Now, I assume you're still walking around freely so far. I, I know in the past they've targeted and removed <laughs> you. <laughs> um, I, I, Mark, honestly... How do we even? This is such a um, this is such a huge undertaking, and it's been going on, as you said, for many many years. I think it's a done deal, don't you? Well, okay. Let's say um, I'll be like the old uh, air, the movie Airplane. Let's say we elect a Republican president. Okay, we elect a Republican president. Okay, let's say Donald Trump wins. <laughs> Donald Trump was very tepid, if you look at it last time. He pulled us out of the U.N. Paris Agreement, great, but he didn't pull us out of the U.N. climate treaty process. He didn't pull us out of the U.N. He did pull us out of the World Health Organization. I firmly believe at this point in time that if, if Donald Trump is reelected or a Vivek Ramaswamy or a, a Ron Sanders, they need to pull us out not only of the Paris Accord, but of the entire United Nations COP U.N. Climate Summit agenda. They need to denounce net zero as any kind of a goal, as nothing more than a Soviet-style Chinese authoritarian control measure upon free societies. And they need to withdraw and defund all money that goes to support it and pull out all money from the climate fund. If we could just do that, and that's a simple, that's almost a baby step, because Donald Trump did it with the World Health Organization, and he partially did it when he pulled out of the U.N. Paris. 
we could go a long way toward recovering from this. But unfortunately, uh, the current administration is not only pushing us into this. Here's the thing. Now, I don't want to scare you anymore, but not only are we deeply involved in this U.N. climate summit agenda, but the Biden administration is now pushing, and it's coming up this spring, this WHO pandemic treaty. We just had 200 medical journals urge that climate change be part of a public health emergency. Mm. That means Bill Gates-funded scientists at the WHO can declare global instant lockup. And here's the final straw for you. There's also the U.N. is so excited about their success here with the Net Zero Climate Summit that they're pushing for an international U.N. plastics treaty to start restricting and banning plastic use. Now, keep in mind, plastics used in clothing, mm -hmm. medicine, it's resulted, you know, fossil fuels go into making plastics, plastics in agriculture and food production and processing and packaging. So they're going to be talking at the very minimum, raising the cost of every aspect of society and creating more and more shortages, all because of a few rogue Asian countries like Vietnam and China and Malaysia are horrible with their plastic waste in the ocean, had nothing to do with the Western world. So those three things, the WHO pandemic treaty, the UN plastic treaty, and the continued support of this UN climate agenda net zero are enough to, to I think, just unbelievably crush the once free West. Dear God. Other than that, Rose, everything's going great. I don't want to depress any of your listeners. Everything's fine. <laughs> I am really glad you're there. Let's and be optimistic. Way, for the ladies listening, I want you to know that most cosmetic products and other yes. hygiene products contain an amount of plastics, too. Okay? Ladies, you got me? Good God. I mean, every aspect of our lives yes. is plastic. Yes. From your smartphone to your glasses to all your appliances. <laughs> so it just means there are going to be huge cost increases, huge shortages. It's rationing. It's all it is. It's Soviet-style Chinese-style <laughs> rationing. It's it. And it's not going to do anything for plastic pollution. But this is the kind of stuff that just they just keep coming up with it, and there's no pushback. And I'm going to say it to be more specific. Do you see the Cato Institute pushing back against this? Do you see no. all these even think tanks that Washington that become inside the belt? There's just sort of like, oh, we're we're opposed to carbon taxes. They might say carbon taxes, cap and trade, all that stuff from 10, 20 years. That is that's your father's climate agenda. People, we laugh at that now. That's so quaint when you think of Al Gore and his film, and you know, uh, we're talking about uh, you know, worried about cap and trade and carbon markets and all. That is like so yesterday. None of that matters now. They have advanced so much more beyond that, and COVID was the impetus to really transform it. They can do whatever they want between government, international organizations, and, and corporate collusion. You know— But again, everything's fine. <laughs> okay. Mark, i got to tell keep, you— Everyone should just keep binge-watching binge Netflix and don't worry about it. No, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> But, you know, I, the thought occurred to me that no one really is talking about this. They're not even asking this question during presidential debates or anything like that. Mark Morano is the only one out there bringing us all of this information, really. And uh, just I want to remind everyone, check out ClimateDepot.com. I go there all the time for an update on what's happening. Thank you so much, Mark, for joining us. Stay safe there and try to stay under the radar a little bit, okay, so you're not sent back home or anything. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm, we're, we're doing it. We're doing a stunt that could potentially end us in an Arab jail. So I'll let you know. I'm going to have some fun <laughs> tomorrow, I think. All right, stay safe. A protest. We'll see how tolerant the, the local police are. Thanks a lot. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye.